on this episode of AV Week, getting other industries to use Avixa standards in their installs, cloud AI, and other trends to look for at Infocom 2019. And Ames looks to make SMPTE 2110 a player in AV over IP. All that and more, next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 407, recorded Friday, June 7th, 2019. Terminator AV. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron Electronics. And by AV Pro Edge, manufacturer of next level video distribution solutions. And by Bodio, a leading manufacturer of professional PTZ cameras, Pro AV solutions, and UCC integration systems. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week, first and foremost, from the great state of Texas. Mr. Simon Dudley and Logitech. Welcome, sir. Uh, Tim, great to see you. Uh, sorry about the chainsaws in the background, but you know, this is Texas, so what can you expect? Yes, and, and Simon has a lovely Texas accent. Uh, also <laughs> with us is, uh, is Julio Carrasco uh, from 323HD. Welcome, sir. Hey, well, thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely good to see you as always. Uh, first story we have up here, but, but by the way, by the time you, you, you're getting this, so we post these on Monday morning, um, most of the three of us will, will be on our way to Orlando or in Orlando, um, you know, for Infocom. So we're going to help at least one story about Infocom specifically. That is our first story comes to us from commercial integrator written by uh, Daniel Newman, uh, Futurum uh, research. So full disclosure, I also write for, for Futurum on, on occasion. Daniel looks ahead uh, to this week and writes about the trends to follow at Infocom 2019. He lists AI analytics, anything cloud quote unquote, and 5G. One interesting point is surrounding AI. AI, quote unquote, AI seems to be finding its way into everything. Uh, so Simon, we'll start with you. Uh, first, what are some of your trends? I understand that you work for Logitech, so there are certain things that, that you're going to have um, that you guys will be releasing on the first day of the 12th. So we're not going to talk about those. But just in general, what are you noticing uh, through the different press releases and what people are talking about uh, ahead of time? Well, I think let's talk about the AI bit first, right? So um, I think AI is interesting in the sense that it's become a catch-all, right? 10 years ago, everything was going HD. Um, 10 years before that, I think everything was going turbo. Uh, now everything's going AI, right? AI can mean a million things to a billion different people. So as an example, for us, it's the ability to have a machine, look at the shape of human beings, and then frame them in shot in a video call. Uh, of course, that's very useful, right? You don't have to press any buttons. Everyone's framed in shot. You don't just focus on the on the person who's speaking. All good stuff. But if you said to a member of the public, what do you think of AI? They immediately think of the Terminator. And, and there's a big gap, right, between framing everyone to be useful in a shot and Terminators crushing human skulls under their metal feet. So I think AI is a little bit of a scary statement because it's so broad. So I think it means different things to different people. Um, I, I, but I think it's a really interesting idea. And I think you're going to see a proliferation of different answers to that, whatever AI really means in the coming year and years moving forward. 
All right, Julio, let's take off on that for a second. Where where does AI? I mean, Simon mentioned the the cameras for for Logitech. That makes complete sense, right? Where else does AI make sense in, in the AV industry? To to me, like you know, to Simon's point, you know, it means a lot to you know different people, right? So to me, it means more like Siri, Alexa in the residential space. Um, that's where you find AI more and more, you know, people don't want, people getting lazier by the day. So they just want to be able to either walk in and something happens magically, or they just speak to something and it still happens magically. So is it a bad thing? I don't know. Time will tell. Um, I think me personally, I think it's a great thing whether people are getting lazy or not. I think it's always a great thing as, you know, technology broadens and, and, and it's there to help out people. Let me ask a question that in this, either both of you, is there a danger here of conflating AI just get into Simon back to Simon's term. It's kind of a blanket statement. It, it covers everything. But is there a danger here of the AV industry losing something that we have done really well for 20 and 30 years and that is automating and doing control and conflating that with ai for the masses for the for the customers the folks that our integrators uh, are selling to and designing for because it just automatically does it i think it yes but that's also part of the automation program so uh, you know there is an idea that says you could walk in a room and press a button and the curtains close and the windows do and and it could be simon's button but if you could use a piece of AI that said, oh, Simon's walked in the room um, and he likes, you know, I don't know, a, a deep purple lighting thing with the curtains drawn and soft Barry White playing in the background. But Tim prefers, I don't know, bright white and the sound of kittens screaming uh, in his room, then, then, then that's a useful thing. I mean, who wants to press a button? I mean, to Julio's point, right, you know, you could say we're getting lazy, are we? Or, well, yes, actually, we probably are. But also... We're just wanting to concentrate on something else. I, I don't want to have to press a thousand buttons. I just want it to work. But, but what I, and that, I guess that's kind of my point. We could do that five, ten years ago, honestly, with occupancy sensors. Now we couldn't special, we couldn't personalize it, right? And maybe that's where I'm. I'm maybe that's where my my concern is isn't valid. In but the, but that's the whole point, right? I would argue that personalization is entirely what matters. Okay. So it's, I think it's a boom for the industry. Especially in like corporate, right? Where you have these CEOs and these higher ups that they really don't want nothing. They don't want to touch no buttons. They just want it to work. And if they walk in the room, you know, they want the TV to turn on. They want a special, you know, whatever it is, whatever setting it is that, you know, that's, that's what it boils down to. All right. Uh, what other, I mean, we, we, we've hit the AI one. What other trends are you guys hearing? Julio, what, what are you hearing from, again, whether it's press releases or you know, shows like ours or, or SCN or commercial integrator, what, what else are you hearing as, as a trend coming, going into this show? I'm not really hearing too much. The biggest trend, like, you know, like we've been talking for the past few minutes, is just being able to just walk into a room and it just works, right? whether you it's a one button press or you just basically speak something and it, it just happens okay. um it, it's definitely going to get away from all these programmers you know at some point you're gonna have to do some programming to, to move off the whole ai but it's going to do away with a lot of these 
day-to-day programmers that are out there right now. Yeah, another trend, uh, Simon, I want to bring you in on is, uh, he mentions the cloud, and I would, I would kind of marry AI and the cloud together. Uh, there are, though, those customers that simply won't touch the cloud yet. H- how do you get them either in the, the frame of mind from a security standpoint and a technological standpoint where they can do the cloud, or is there a hindrance to getting them to adopt some of these solutions? Um, you know, th- these are great, these are great um, features, but you have to get in the cloud. How do, you, how, do the, how do integrators bridge that gap? Well, I think it's a good question, Tim, right? For many, many years, lots of corporates, particularly people like the big finance houses, right, who are very scared of their data, and rightly so, have said no to cloud. But then you look at products, you know, Zoom is a good example, um, just went up, by five, went up by $5 billion this morning in valuation. So cloud doesn't seem to be doing too badly in things like video communication. So I think what will end up happening is that these big corporates, where they have whole security departments whose answer to every question is no, will eventually be forced by the line of business managers who say, all these cloud offerings offer us so much more than the on-prem technology does, then we're going to have to go for this. And you as a security department will be forced to make the accommodation for that to happen. It's going to be a bit tough, but the reality is, is all the growth in, in communications, for example, is in cloud-based solutions. So those customers who are really tied to uh, an on-prem world, we'll discover that over time, the offerings become uh, either more expensive or less feature rich or less useful than the cloud-based ones. So, you know, Microsoft's another good example. Um, Skype for Business can obviously be on-prem. Teams is effectively replacing it, but it's all cloud. A lot of the big corporates are saying, we don't like cloud, but they're still adopting Teams because they don't really, at some level, have any choice. I personally think it's a good thing because you get a better quality of experience. So uh, I think customers just need to get over it effectively or, or put in enough safeguards to make it secure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. You know, uh, you know, speed bump, it's always the security team in a corporate <laughs> environment that, that puts that speed bump, you know? Yeah, but you look at, you look at the iPhone, and I hate using the iPhone as such a, a, a keystone of, for arguments. But when it came out, you know, there were stories written in, in you know, Gizmodo and, and tech journals all over the place, how the security team was not allowing the iPhone on the corporate network. Absolutely not. We have our Blackberries, whether it's secure, we can do this or the other. Ten years later, back, you know, black, 12 years later, Blackberry is, is virtually no more. And, you know, the iPhone is, is one of the, the defaults. Yeah, a perfect example. Uh, my old employer. I remember meeting the CEO in reception or in the parking lot at the office and he pulled out his new iPhone. It was like a week after it had come out. And IT had sent out a, depart- a note saying, no one can get an iPhone. It will not be put on the network. And he pulled it out and he looked at me and I said, you know, you're not allowed to put that on the network. He says, he either puts it on the network or we get a new IT director. Let's see what happens. And I, I had to have lunch with him that day. And I said, how did it go? And he goes, oh, Chris is still with us which meant the iPhone was now on the corporate network. And because that's what line of business leaders are able to do at some level. They can override the IT department and say, sorry, guys, we need this to be successful. Or in the case of the iPhone, cool. But with either one, they'll make it work. And I think that 
that will happen for all these other tools as well. There really won't in the end, there won't be enough, any choices. Yeah. Yeah, there won't be. Uh, all right, guys, uh, next story here comes to us from actually from AV Nation and the, the Alliance for IP Media Solutions and a press release sent to AV Nation from AIMS, which is the acronym for the Alliance for IP Media Solutions. The group has released a new white pa- position paper about AV over IP entitled, quote unquote, it's real and it's transform uh, transformational. I'm not sure if that's brand news, uh, but it, that's the name of the paper. AIMS is looking to make the SMPTE, uh, SMPTE ST2110, the AV industry standard for AV over IP. Julio, I'll start with you on this. This is an open standard uh, in much the same ways as, as the Avenue Alliance is an open standard. Does the AV industry need um, a, a, another open standard or what does, you know, what does a, another open standard mean uh, for AV over IP? No, I think this open, this standard right now is, is going in the right direction. Um, for a lot of integrators, it makes the job a hell of a lot easier. You know, you're running everything on the network. You put, you're running Cat fives, Cat six, you know, whatever it is, and you're transferring audio and video. It's it, it a week old job turns into like two, three days. You know, it, it's it's going in the right direction. I don't think they 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 need to master what we in the direction we're going now before they 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 throw another one into the mix. All right. Simon, uh, what does it mean that, that this group is, is going down the SMPTE road? And if you're not familiar with SMPTE, SMPTE is, is professional broadcasters, right? These are the folks who, who, who make your, your television shows uh, and your news programs. So what does it mean that they're going down the SMPTE road? I think it's very interesting. It reminds me of, I don't know, it's probably thinking of 20 years ago now when IP telephony came out. And you would go and see the, because I've been in video conferencing since forever, I would sometimes see IT departments and sometimes I'd see AV departments or telephony departments, right? And I remember when IP telephony first came out, all of the telecoms managers said, oh, very stupid. IT, oh, no, 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 no. With five nines reliability, that VoIP stuff, it's on the computer network, it's low quality, it's not very reliable, it'll never, oh, do it, look, they're all out of business. And uh, I suspect, I'm not suggesting people go out of business, but what it will do is IT has often treated AV as a separate world, right? Yeah. And, and they almost used to judge it by the kind of plugs you would stick on the end, right? If you had an Ethernet adapter in something, well, that was an IT product. If it ran Windows, it was an IT product. But if it ran a dedicated operating system and or maybe had an HDMI lead or you know, some other thing before that, well, then that's an AV thing. So I suspect what this is going to do is draw AV and IT tighter together in the same way that IP telephony was drawn into the the world of IT. I actually think it's a good thing, um, but I think it will change the world for a few people. Um, you know, the moving from a five-day five installation to a two-day installation produces two effects, doesn't it? It lowers the cost for the client, but because of price elasticity issues, it probably increases the number of potential clients. So if I were listening to this and I'm in that AV world, I'd be looking at, right, how do I service more customers with more rooms with less profit in each room than I did previously? Uh, It's a trick. It's not easy necessarily to do, but people need to think about that. They should think about that anyway, but this is a good example of how a market is kind of concatenating into a single or into a less silos than it did before. Mm-hmm. 
All right, guys. Uh, final story here actually is also about Infocom from AV Magazine. Avixa will host more than 200 educational sessions at this week's Infocom 2019. Ahead of those clashes, classes, uh, even taking place, Avixa education developers are working with the standards conformance officers to make certain the rooms can um, comply with current AV standards. Rachel Bradshaw, director of program design at Avixa, said, "Quote unquote, it's crucial." For the system to perform exquisitely, even if your audience isn't made of AV professionals, which this week they are, they notice bad AV and lose interest. And can we just pause for a second and appreciate the fact that somebody's title is standards conformance officer? That's just kind of interesting to me. Uh, the uh, Simon, uh, how can Vixa make these standards better known? Uh, obviously, they know them and they're putting them in place uh, this week for Infocom. But how do they make them more widely known beyond the AV industry? Well, I, I suppose the answer is run some training courses on them. Just make certain they're compliant with the standards. I mean, that would be the first thing. I should say for the record, hello, Rachel. Nice to hear from you or see you or read about you. Um, funny stuff. Uh, I've done many events at Infocom in the past and one of the projectors went bang. And I would often say, is there any AV experts in the room? And no one would put their hand up, which is kind of telling in itself. No one wanted to admit it. Uh, so I'm pleased they're doing it. One could argue, why didn't they do it 10 years ago? But you know, whatever, let's, let's look on the positive that they're doing it this year. So I, I, it was certainly a requirement that needed, or problem that needed solving. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting part, make it part of CTS, make it part of the, the training that they do. I don't know if they've actually already done that, but. You, you've got to have, you've got to make certain that these things work properly. You'd like to imagine that every show, whether it's AV or something else, has this sort of um, compliance put in. But and that's kind of where it, my, my question came from, right? Is, is she's not wrong, regardless of whether it's a room full of AV people or not. Folks are going to know it's bad AV. So how do we get these standards out there? And how do we get these, these, these compliance officers everywhere? It, it, you know, I, I wish I had an answer. Other, I don't other than it's a good idea and it definitely should be done, just not by me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody received a survey from last year's classes and I'm sure being that this is put into place, they must have heard a lot of complaints. I mean, it, it, it goes true for universities, right? If a student is paying for a class and the audiovisual technology is not working, guess what? The university is going to hear about it. And, you know, things are going to flow downhill to a lot of people because the student is what makes the money for the university. And if the technology is not working, it, it looks very bad. Absolutely. Uh, one kind of follow-up to this, guys, is more specifically, VIXA has been evangelizing, let's call it, other industries. Um, Dave Labuskas, the, the head of, of, of VIXA, as well as, as several other folks within it, they've gone to other industries' events. So the retail associations, hospitality associations, transportation associations, to get stuff like this in there. What do they need to do to make these standards a requirement in these areas that they're already evangelizing? Well, I would argue to Julio's point, uh, if people complain, if I've spent, you know, a thousand dollars to turn up to a show and then the projectors, audio system, whatever it is, don't work well, I have every right to complain about it. So I think it has to come from market forces, right? Mm. I'm not going to that show again because the AV was not very good and I'm going to go to this one because they actually make it work every year. You know, that's necessarily, you never know until you get there. 
But I think it has to be market forces. I don't think you can realistically, you know, we're not in a Stalinist state. You can't say you will have this level of stuff or you can't run a show. Who would police such a thing? Yeah. I do think it's very good that Dave and, and the rest of the team are going to look at other industries and working out what works and maybe what doesn't. Uh, certainly when I go to events, I'm often as interested in the things that failed as the things that worked. If for no other reason than I'm thinking, well, I won't do that then because that was terrible. Let's not try that. And re- that's an actual useful thing to know. So um, I, I, I think they're doing the right thing. I, I, like, I like the approach. Yeah, absolutely. All right, gentlemen, uh, that is going to do it uh, for us for this week. Uh, thank you both so much. Julio, thank you, sir. Uh, thank you. See you next week. See you next week. How do people get a hold of you or, or 323? Uh, H323HD.com. Um, I'm on the Instagram. You can also look me up by uh, AB Mogul. Anyway, <laughs> I'm easily uh, reachable. All right, very good. And Mr. Dudley, thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. Always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, you can all see me next week. Well, in and out, but all next week, I'll be at booth 3681 at Infocom. Uh, on the Twitters, occasionally, I'm at, at Simon Dudley, and I'm all over LinkedIn like a cheap suit. So come and find me wherever you want to. Absolutely. Go, go, go see him at Logitech, because I'm certain that they'll be t- announcing one or two things uh, come the, the Wednesday. So not that he's going to tell us, but you know, whatever. Uh, for me, for, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters, um, but uh, go by the website if you would please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others while you're there. Please check out our supporters section. section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week. And by the time this posts in about two days time, all of the show coverage from Infocom 2019. If you're coming to the show, make sure you register for our tweet up. It happens uh, June 12th from four to six. Uh, thanks to Starin and Infocom for helping us out with that. Uh, so all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. 